0: Hi, folks. You've reached Paul Sigh from the Salty Guy. I am your host, Paul Adams, and I am honored to have my father uh, joining me tonight, Paul Adams Sr. And we're going to talk a little bit his, about his biography, and um, he's going to help you know ex- help us um, to understand why understands why blue-collar workers are flocking towards uh, Trump, and what can be done about it. Um, and the reason why I asked him to on the show to talk about this, um, you, you, well, you know, you'll, you'll understand after we talk about his biography. So, um, so, Paul Adams, Sr., Dad, yeah. uh, let me ask you. Um, so, where were you born?
1: I was born in uh, this Boston, City of Boston uh, Hospital, Boston City Hospital I um, was living in South Boston. Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in uh, uh, Mary Ellen McCormick Housing Development in South Boston, which was previously known as uh, uh, Old Harbor Village, which is, a, I, I think, a, a much better name became politicized. Uh, I believe Mary Ellen McCormick is the mother of uh, former Speaker of the House, John W. McCormick. So, but as everything else, uh, institutions become politicized
0: and uh, eventually they
1: put a name on it.
0: So, you you know, you came up in uh, probably one of the toughest uh, streets, you know, some of the toughest streets in the United States. I mean, you know, um, Whitey Balger, uh, came from the same housing project you came from and you, you obviously must have known him and you did. And, um, you know, he, um, he was the number one most wanted man by the FBI by the time he got done destroying the city of Boston and destroying Salty. And, um, my father, you know, was able to overcome all of that. And I'm very proud of him for it. And he got a job at the Boston Water and Soil Commission. And eventually he ran for president of his local, which is a machinist local?
1: Local Lodge 100 of the uh, International Association of Machinist and Aerospace Workers.
0: Right, right. And, uh, you know, let me ask you, what was your experience uh, like as president of that union?
1: Well, kind of jumping around here, you you had mentioned, um, you know, the infamous Jim Bulger and... Well,
0: I don't want to get too into that because it's not political, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand.
1: But uh, just, you know, I, I think that um, he was more of a deterrent to the community than he was helpful to the community. But um, I think the the groundwork you're trying to lay out is how a person from that environment can come out of that absolutely you know, without yes. being part of that You're right and um so yeah i mean i just i think in my earlier days i was apolitical i didn't really uh know a lot about politics and uh i knew a lot about race mm. because um growing up in south boston you know it was uh uh in the early seventies when they, uh, the federal government enforced um, uh, integration uh, by uh, busing students. Um, it was a mess. I didn't really understand it. I was still at an age where I think um, I was naive. I didn't understand what it was all about. And you, you know, you'd know, you have the South Boston uh, elders, telling you that it was you know we got to keep them people out of our neighborhood and um i think the, the the most um ironic thing about um me growing up in south boston wasn't so much as as, as not getting involved in the gangsters and all that stuff but i think coming out of there um, uh, remaining, uh, 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 or uh, becoming, I should say, uh, uh, eventually becoming more uh, liberal, um, because it's almost a, you, you, um, when you grow up in, in, in South Boston, especially during the years of busing, you know, you don't think that you, your elders or your parents can be wrong. Of course, my parents, they, they were never prejudiced. Uh, you know, we we never heard any of the, the racial insults in my household or you get a good slap across the face. Oh, wow,
0: that's, uh, that's uh that's an anomaly insu- insult yeah. at that time, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There were a couple of families I knew from Old Harbor that were um they had people protesting outside their houses and harassing their kids because uh they weren't going along with the program. They, they you know.
0: how did this affect your um, eventual, you know, subscription to um, liberal beliefs? How how did this did this how did this make you a progressive?
1: Well, the reason that made me progressive, or at least start going towards the left, was because, you know, I realized, say, hey, what is that? this is you know this is more about the poor you know than it is about black and white
0: so you you saw it as you know two poor neighborhoods being uh, kind of pitted against each other Well, it was more than federal- two neighborhoods it was the well, entire i i but, but you know we hear about Roxbury and Southie and Southie and Roxbury and the yeah. and, and the the violence that took place, um, you know, between uh, these two neighborhoods. However, unfortunately, you only hear about the violence that happened, um, you know, in South Boston, um, you know, which uh, I think is unfair. But,
1: um, well, I don't know. I mean, South Boston was in the forefront of the anti-busing movement, you know, and, you know, there were a lot of innocent people that were hurt as the result of that. Um, you know, on both ends, you know, I, I, I can remember back when there was, uh, there was a gentleman who was pulled out of his car, um, at the intersection of, uh, Old Colony Ave and, uh, Dorchester Street and beaten half to death, but was ultimately, he was saved. Fortunately, he was saved. And there was also, uh, I remember there was an elderly white guy who was fishing, down by Columbia Point, which we used to call the Breakies, he was fishing off the rocks, and he was stoned to death during that whole thing. And you know, so there were violence. There was violence on both sides, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, there was there was
0: violence on both sides. However, the media seems to only portray the the violence that that happened uh, to. Um, you know our black brothers and sisters in in, in, uh, in the city of Boston.
1: Well, because South Boston was the epicenter of the anti-busing movement in the city well, of Boston.
0: Let me tell you, uh, you know, um, at Suffolk University, I found myself, uh, you know, feeling almost um, unwelcome sometimes because of the fact that I was from South Boston. <laughs> I remember experiencing uh, Counselor Sam Yoon coming into Suffolk University to talk about how we need to embrace diversity in Boston. And somebody asked him, have you ever experienced racism on the campaign trail? And he said, yes, in South Boston. I was marching in the parade and they were all yelling my name, Yoon, 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 but you know, it's South Boston, they were probably all drunk anyway, you know, they probably never heard a name like Yoon before. Uh, it was a room full of 200 people. Um, and somehow, you know, my, I, I got called next. And maybe it was divine justice. I don't know. And, you know, I asked Sam Yoon straight up I'm like, what, what gives you the right to stand on that dais and talk about diversity when you just stereotyped a whole neighborhood and a whole ethnicity? Of people in Boston okay and um, it was many times at, at, at Suffolk University where I had to defend South Boston and what I realized is that that sort of elitist limousine liberal mentality is what has caused a lot of your blue-collar people to jump over um, to the, on the Trump bandwagon. Um, you know, they, they're sick of being looked down upon for being, to, for working with their hands and being, you know, blue collar people. And, um, you know, I, I think that's something that liberals who, you know, are supposed to have the, um, you know, the, the, the quality of, of empathy, I mean, that's usually what unites all, all liberals, uh, this, you know, idea that, you know, we have to, we have a responsibility to all citizens, um, all citizens, including inner city people who are poor and white or uh, Irish, um, you know, we have no right to, to look down on anyone um, and I don't think that we'll be able to fix that issue that the Democratic Party is having right now with blue-collar folks voting for Trump until we address the elitism and the tribalism that has infected the Democratic Party as particularly the left wing of the Democratic Party and you know uh, this is one of the reasons why I have you on the show tonight. I, you know, I, so you, you know, you worked here uh, at, at the Boston Water and Soar Commission and, um, you know, what were the political leanings of your colleagues there?
1: Well, just for a quick second, just getting back to Sam Yoon. Um, you know, Sam Yoon, it, 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 it sort of, uh, you know it's mind-boggling that he would say something like that when i because i know for a fact when i i was there at the parade they were actually rooting for him they were chanting his name with vigor and you know they were rooting for him um but anyway the, the, the thing that I find ironic here is because I, I'll never forget when um, Mike Flaherty, con- I'm, I'm sorry, City Councilor Mike Flaherty decided it was a good idea to, um, you know, combine his campaign with Sam Yoon. And, you know, I mean, to, in my personal opinion, now um, oh, it's not just my opinion, but it's a, it's a fact. Uh, Michael Flaherty is a, a, he's a racist bigot. Um, I've, I've heard him say some terrible, terrible things. Um, I remember the day um, they, they came in with the O.J. Simpson trial. Um, uh, O.J. Simpson trial verdict. Um, I, I'll remember he, uh, he, he
0: you remember what?
1: He leaned over and whispered in my ear. He said, fucking niggers, get away with murder. And t- from that day on, I have nothing but total contempt. And he's a Democrat? Yeah, he's a Democrat. Well, as the saying goes, Michael Flaherty's a conservative on the South Boston side of the bridge. On the other side of the bridge, you know, he's a uh, a, a liberal, a, you know, a, uh, a proud liberal yeah you know well, so but in any case that's neither here nor there
0: Let's talk about your colleagues at the Boston Water and Soil Commission what were their political leanings the, the white people there
1: well I mean it, it depends I mean I, I before I was the president of the Union I my union activity goes way back. I mean, when I started back in 1979, I found myself on the picket line two weeks after I started. Wow. And I was still on a six-month probationary period. They could have just fired me. And you went to the picket line. But I wasn't going to cross no picket line. Not only wasn't I going to cross it, I was going to support it with wow. vigor.
0: You know? So your, your liberal uh, you know, uh, values were pretty much established at that point then.
1: Well, my my liberalism I believe is rooted in the uh, union movement uh, the labor movement and um, so I I got to meet a lot of people um, along the way uh, some of them uh, you know were Democrats on paper only <laughs> um, but then I, I also met some of them my my, my good buddy El, uh, I'm sorry El, 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 um Capozzi, <laughs> sorry about that. I just turned 66. Al Capozzi um, is a uh, he. He considers himself a, a socialist, and we had a lot of conversations about that at the time. I I thought socialism was a dirty word. And once again, I you know I was uh, just learning the ropes and just learning about politics and. Um, how it relates to the labor movement, and um, so in in any case, as I jumped in headfirst into the union activity, I met a lot of people, Uh, you know, I used to just jump in the car uh, with my buddy Tommy McDermott, or uh, Al Capozzi, or whoever it may be, and we'd go to support other labor union strikes, and really, yeah, we'd, we'd go all over the city, so I met a lot of people, and a lot of them, quite frankly, were, they were very... Act, uh, particularly the people from uh, SEIU, right? Uh, they ha- they have a very very strong uh, uh, social based uh, network uh, slash union. And a strong political, uh, you
0: know, uh, they, they they when they take political action, <laughs> be careful.
1: Yeah, well, no, they they do have strong political currency, and they use it wisely. And like I, but my point being that I, I met these people just by, you know, chitter-chatter uh, at the, on the picket lines. And um, after listening to them and, 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 you know, adding things up in my head as to, you know, where do I stand? Where, where do I stand? Uh, um, you know, am I going to progress further? from just being pro-union and then becoming more politically active. And if I become more politically active, what, what platform of, of uh, politics uh, do I stand on? And um, as I became more entrenched in the labor movement, I found myself leaning towards uh, a social democracy. And um, I no longer saw it as a bad word. I, I saw it as a ray of hope because um, in a social democracy, you know, um, points out that, you know, that we, uh, uh, it, you know.
0: Right, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a political ideology that has been proven by you know the United Nations uh, Index on Happiness, that uh, the, the happiest countries on earth our social democracies that have ninety percent to ninety-eight to, to, uh, percent um, union um, workers, okay, right. and uh, and they
1: also have um, universal health
0: care. They have universal daycare, right. and they, but you know they're they're able to have this stuff because they're under the United States security umbrella. I mean, uh, our taxes go to pay to the Pentagon for the most part, and um, you know. And they go to, and it, you know, it protects uh, Western European countries. So they're able to have more social programs than us because they don't spend um, 51% of their um, annual budget on on, on the military. So, um, you know, perhaps, you know, this country can, you know, uh, stop producing these weapons that are useless. Um, like, you know, we have now have a, a program to, to fight wars in space and, you know, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, even if we dropped 10% of that military budget, imagine the different social programs that we could uh, promulgate.
1: It's amazing. Well, the thing is a lot of those countries that you mentioned, they they are not capitalistic countries per se. Well, they they are. They they have markets to a degree, but not as much. The United States, I think it's 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 unmitigated. And it, I think it's, it's you can't honest. argue that
0: it, 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 it's perverted. It's perverted. Yeah,
1: it's 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 unmitigated greed. You know, we live in an uh, an oligarchy now uh, where. You know, the top 2% of uh, America's most wealthy people, they have more money than, I believe, that the figure was the, the bottom uh, 50. 50 million? 50%. 50%, Yeah. right? Yeah. So it became, you know, along the line because of unmitigated greed, it became an oligarchy. And um, apparently that seems to be uh, acceptable to some people uh, out there who... Um, who are poor or who's in labor unions that that support this this guy uh, this so-called President Donald Trump.
0: Oh let's just call him the occupant of the Oval Office. So.
1: Yeah for lack of a better word right. yeah, we'll call him the the occupant. Um, so this is this is the dilemma this is the conundrum that we're in. Um, why do the people who are most hurt by an oligarchy, uh, by a dictator uh, uh, slash nationalist slash uh, neo-fascist. yeah neo-fascist uh, racist president, um, what? Why do they think that they have something to gain by supporting this guy? They, in fact, um, what they're doing is they're cutting their nose off to spite their face because at the end of the day, um, the the Trump policies are the occupants policies uh, to give huge corporations his wealthy billionaire millionaire billionaire friends um, uh, huge tax breaks which um, takes away money uh, from from the poor it it, and it's it's being funded the 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 irony of all of this is that all of these tax breaks and uh, these you know uh, are these high paying jobs uh which are named devoe and uh this guy now with the uh the post office here they these are all uh thank yous right they're all donations. they're all donate they, these people are
0: he turned huge. them into fuck he turned the most important um you know the most Im- important um, um i'm sorry i having i'm drawing them at the block right now the most important um cabinet positions sorry uh, he uh, made the most important cabinet positions into political hack jobs where he gave it to people who donated, donated to his campaign and the first thing he did when he came into office was he refunded the wealthy <laughs> For donating to his campaign by giving them a tax break, by giving them their money back, right? You know, and um, I just don't understand how this is acceptable to blue collar people. And uh, you know, I often have a hard time. um, You know, I'm a blue collar guy myself. Um, (coughs) It's you know, it's it's kind of uh, tough to even converse with someone who leans that way. Well, all of them. I, I mean, for the most part, are is there. Well, they
1: don't lean that way. They are. They, that they way. are that
0: way. And not only are they, are, are they that way, but they don't want to hear anything that might, you know, interfere with their alternative facts. Yeah. They don't want to hear it anymore.
1: Well, For instance,
0: today, I had a gentleman that didn't want to hear um, the polling data that showed that Baker was the most popular governor in Massachusetts. You can't stand the guy because Baker stood up to Trump. He's the only governor to Trump. in Massachusetts. The most, I'm, t- I'm sorry, the most popular governor in the United States of America.
1: Yeah.
0: And he didn't want to look at uh, a scientific poll he said, Oh, all you have to do is look at the Trump rallies to, to know that, that he's popular. Good. I said, you know how I'm like, that's not scientific. I'm like, you can't just, you know, look at a, a rally and, and, and say, you know, okay, now we know who's going to win the election. And so it doesn't work that way, you know, yeah. but, but people like that, they just, they don't understand that when I tried explaining it to him, he became angry and walked away. So, how do we reach these folks? Where was this at work?
1: How do we reach these folks, Dad? How, how do you reach these folks? Well, look at. First of all, you know, we we have to talk about the elephant in the room, and the elephant in the room is racism, and bigotry, and xenophobia. So, you know. Oftentimes they say, oh, there you go with the race card. Well, you know something? Yep. There I go with the race card because it's true. Most of the people that I know, and I come from South Boston, so put two and two together. Most of the people that I know that support Donald Trump are known racist bigots and the country is loaded with them. Now I know that's an easy write off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know something? It's true. At the end of the day, there's a lot of xenophobes. This, remember something too. The wall. The wall. This all started with this um, xenophobic uh, fear of Mexicans. Invad- Mexicans right, and... You called them rapists and Yeah, murderers. rapists, murderers, you know, we're not getting their
0: best. Basically, what he did is he decided that, you know... He's going to blame the people that look different right. and pray different than, than than the average you know white guy in the suburbs he's gonna he's gonna tell that that average white suburban older guy that doesn't have you know uh, an, an education and is probably not autodidactic like my father happens to be um, and he's not gonna he, understand the complexities of the economy. So it's very e- very easy. <laughs> very, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. very easy to manipulate these folks into thinking that black people, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans are, and Muslims are responsible for the fact that they have no upward mobility. that they have no upward mobility at all. And so they blame folks that are completely innocent for uh, uh, folks that have a hard time, you know, with upward mobility themselves. You know, Black folks in this country are not, you know, moving up in, in, in economic class in, in, in record numbers or anything. I mean,
1: I'm very slowly, very, very, almost like a, a turtle's pace, but. Uh, But they
0: work hard at it. These people, like, you know, the same thing with a a white person, right? A white person can, you know, like you, get out of the housing projects and become a success. Right, because
1: of my white privilege. I understand No,
0: not because of your white privilege, but because you worked hard at it. Yeah,
1: but you know something? Look, let's let's be reasonable here, okay? Let's be honest. Uh, My white privilege had a lot to do with it. OK, oh. so I didn't get my job through politics, but I moved along the system and up the system, you know, to to my final ranking as inspector. I, and I think that, you know, by comparison, um, I think when I left, it was like maybe two uh two African-American uh, inspectors. Well,
0: I know that I, I did not benefit from white privilege uh, at all. Um, I in fact was discriminated against uh, because of where I was from when I went to college. Um, I, I, I said that earlier in the program um, you know I,
1: yeah, but by one I, person.
0: I, I, no, not by one person. I gave one story. Oh. I can give you another if you want. So, the, you know, I walked in at the end of a Boston Irish history class and a kid couldn't come up with a thesis for Boston Irish history somehow. Um, and the professor suggested, Why don't you write about how the, the uh, people from Southie exclude gay people from marching in the parade? Now let me tell you something. I know for a fact that there were gay people that marched in that parade. The only the issue was we did not want people displaying their sexuality at an event for veterans and for uh, and celebrating a Catholic saint as well. It's Mm -hmm. you know it's not meant for it's it's not an event about sexuality. But you're not. It's not like you're not welcome to march in the parade because you're gay, okay? So that was a completely false statement, okay? And um, I just can't imagine being at the St. Patrick's Day Parade and, you know, seeing a four-year-old tug daddy's sh- uh, shirt sleeve and say, Daddy, what's, what's a homosexual? Even if they were heterosexuals. Daddy, what's a heterosexual? That's not what I... I, I, I no, I'm not bringing my kids to that uh, kind of parade. And uh, that's the issue. And you know, I uh, my, one of my best friends is a PhD at, at Suffolk University, and he continues to this day to tell me that my identity, my self and identity, is what holds me back. Uh, you know, in life, uh, in general, my 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 identity that I am very proud of, the identity that actually um, you know helped me persevere in life. And, and graduate college and get to the point now where I'm getting two master's degrees. Um, you know, so I, I, I've i been attacked multiple times actually at, at a, liberal, uh, a liberal institution uh, for being uh, from South Boston. Um, however, I have not abandoned uh, liberalism, but I am a person that can point out the fact that there is an elitism that exists Within the party, that has cost us working class votes. A lot of people, you know, aren't going to abide the fact that you know you have some, you know, elitist uh, yuppie um, treating them as if they're second class citizens. Because, you know, they're, um, you know, a, a construction worker working in, you know, their, their, uh, their, con- their condo in, in South Boston, um, you know, so, I, I don't, uh, how do we reach the working class folks when we don't respect them? They're, they're, you know, for the most part, the, the party does not respect them at all. And, and we even, you know, we've lost uh, union support as well and. Republicans have actually started going after union support, um, and you know that, that's a shame. You know, and I, 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 I saw this coming when Mayor Walsh ran against John Conley, and I saw that the John Conley supporters were uh, were anti-union. They did not want Marty Walsh to become mayor because of his connections to organized labor. Okay, and um, so, you know, <laughs> Democrats have caused their own, um, you know, uh, problem with, when it comes to the working uh, class people who, you know, uh, they might not be the, 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 you know, book smart. Okay, but that doesn't mean that you can't appeal to them. Okay, I'm sure that if you showed them a commercial of what Trump just said about servicemen and women, that they'd be quite upset and that they would think twice about voting for Trump. However, they're going to remember how the Demo- how people that are Democrats, how liberals treated them as second-class citizens because they work with their hands. So um, the left has a lot of issues that it has to deal with before it becomes the, uh, the you know shining example that it was in 2008 when we had You know, uh, the 18 to 29-year-olds coming out in record numbers to vote for Obama. And, you know, (laughs) he won across the board pretty much with with, with different um, demographics. And, um, you know, the reason why we were so successful is because we were united. Unity. Okay? And now we're infected by tribalism. What can you do for labor unions? What can you do for feminists? What can you do for gays? What can you do for unions? What, you know, no, it's. We, that is not liberalism. Liberalism is an approach to politics, okay, that requires empathy. It's not a rigid ideology of, of, of certain, you know, ideas that you must adhere to what it is is it's a an approach to politics that 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 requires certain values love and unity and and empathy and we're starting to lose that and when and as we lose that we losing work working class support dad what do you do you have anything to say about that
1: about what i mean you just covered about three or four different topics. I'm
0: talking about... No, I didn't cover three or four different topics. I talked about how the Democratic Party has essentially uh, abandoned its, uh, you know, tradition of being that party of, of empathy, unity, love. and. Oh, I don't believe that to be true. I, I, it is true.
1: I, I mean, we are infected by tribalism on the left. And, you know... Yeah, but it, the tribalism, if the tribes all come together as one, then it, it's a, that's a... But a pretty, they're not. A pretty formidable, um, you know, they're team. Not. They're but not. They're
0: looking down on working class folks.
1: I don't know if they're... Look, it, the the biggest threat to organized labor today is the right to work. And this... The, the right to work is a... Um, it's designed to basically break the unions. It's, it's a, it's a union-busting uh, theory that is being... Uh, pushed by the right. If you look at the states that have passed the right to work, they're they're uh, for the most part, uh, deep south red states. Um, and the, the problem with that is, you know, look at, everybody's trying, okay, they're trying to bust the union here, they're trying to bust the union there, but at the end of the day, everybody loses when the union's Lose Because right. the unions set the standards, mm-hmm. okay? The unions set the, the standards with regards to wages and benefits, okay? So what happens is these non-union companies, they try. They don't, they don't try very hard, but they try to uh, compete, which means, you know, if a, a, let's say a, uh, a union uh, iron worker is getting 36 bucks an hour, well the non-union places are gonna say look at we'll give you 14 because that person's gonna say you know what go pound sand I'll join the union and make 36 bucks an hour. No what they'll do is they'll say listen we'll give you $27 to start and then over the next six years, we'll get you up to that 36. And we'll also give you, you know, the, uh, the health benefits, the eyeglass, you know, the, uh, optical benefits, uh, you know, whatever benefits the unions have to offer these non-union places in order to, so
0: you don't think it's an issue that, 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 that there are people on the left that. And, and I can tell you this for a fact, because I, I, I work with my hands right now. I might be going to school to get my MBA and MSM, and I might be opening up my own consulting firm, and I might be an intellectual, and I might be a liberal, but I am one of these working class folks, and you were too. And so what's your question? My question? And, you know, I, I think that it's, you know, uh, completely uh, um, a, a fantasy to think that the, the left isn't divided right now and that it's not basically shooting itself in the foot by practicing this elitist uh, you know type of crap. Um, I don't think it's why I wonder it's what Martin Luther, I wonder what Martin Luther King would think of the Black Lives Matter movement. I, I honestly do.
1: If they were nonviolent, he'd worship them. He'd say they were the best thing since sliced bread. Would he? Because he was yeah, he very would.
0: inclusive. And I remember when Black Lives Matter first started, you know, it was, white uh, people were not allowed to attend, you know? And they are now. And, um, you know, I just, I, I don't see any particular leader um, coming to the, the forefront. They have there's no leadership, there's violence, um, you know, and it's just not politically. And my, my the whole my whole point is not to criticize the. I, I understand that you know black people are being victimized brutally in this country um, on a daily basis on a daily basis and more than that it's 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 diabolical. However, I don't think the Black Lives Matter movement. Has been very effective politically. I really don't. Um, what it what it has done is it has actually, um, you know, provided Trump, according to the New York Times today, with ammunition. With yeah. ammunition to help him try to win back the uh, moderate slash conservative congressional uh, districts in Wisconsin and in Minnesota. Right. And and indeed, they did tighten up today.
1: Well. You've heard the expression, you know, you can't fix stupid. You know that that applies to both parties. Uh, well, I should say, that a, that p- applies to both, you know, political uh, uh, theories, uh, uh, left or right, because you know you're right in by saying that it's not helping the Democratic slash uh, liberal slash progressive cause. However, what's not being reported is the 98% of peaceful Black Life Matter. For the uh, most part, they have been peaceful.
0: You know? yeah,
1: it, yeah, but see, the thing is, you know, there's no such thing as good news. You know, they don't want to report good um, news.
0: No news is good news. No
1: news is good news. Yeah. But in this case, what I'm saying is they're only going to report the, the 2% of, of uh, violent clashes with police, yeah, you know. So in any case, not to get too hung up on, t- too much on the Black Lives Matter movement, I think it, in a more um, broader uh, uh, sense, we need to really um, look at how do we reach these um, union men and women who for some reason or other go to the voting booth and pull the lever for the Republican candidates. We need to figure out a way to let, you know, and I don't think this is something new. I mean, relatively new, but not brand new. This has been going on for a couple of decades now where, you know, because of extremism, uh, you know, we lost a lot of uh, uh, Democrats um, that, that used to go in and vote, you know, blue wave all the way. Um, I know when I was at union president, I was disgusted with some of my members who told me that they were going to uh, support Donald Trump. And I warned them. I said, listen, I said, you know, you want that 401k? You want that retirement? You know, you want that pension? You know, <laughs> you're you really, you know, you, you're dancing with the devil if you go in there and, and vote for this guy. He hates labor unions. Mm-hmm. I can't say that enough, and I can't say it any clearly. He hates organized
0: labor. Let's be honest. The conservative ideology is trying to destroy like, organized labor forever. Uh, and, you know... Oh yeah, they see it as a cancer. They do, and and for some reason, working class, you know, union people still vote for Republicans. Yeah, I know, and that... it's because of the elitism that we have on on, on the left, and it, it's cost us. Um, yeah, you, know, uh, you know. I
1: respectfully disagree with that statement.
0: I will tell you that I've experienced it myself. I've experienced it. I told you at Suffolk University, like I, I gave you those stories. Yeah. I, I've experienced it at, at at the job site where I have to deal with, you know, young urban professionals looking at me like I am some, you know, um, scumbag because um, you're wearing a hard hat and gloves and you know and, and you know working with my hands. And, um, they, you know, won't even get in the same elevator with me. I mean, there is a, an, el- an elitism that exists out there. And I think that's driving people towards Trump. <laughs> and they're not informed enough to realize that Trump is, you know, represents the, uh, you know, the party that's trying to destroy, um, organized labor in the, in this country. Yeah, so.
1: Well, I think elitism may be, you know, a a part of the mosaic of why, you know, these Democrats uh, are starting to vote Republican. But I don't think it's the number one cause. You know, I think the number one cause, and I've said this, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. I think the number one cause of ex-Democrats voting Republican. Is because they think that they represent the real America. And they don't. You see, the thing that, one of the things I pointed out earlier is that, you know, there's a a lot of reasons why these people um, uh, vote Republican now. And and as I said earlier, and I'll say it again, a lot of it has to do with this bigotry, racism, you know... uh, xenophobia uh, you know it all started with build out wall build out wall build out these people responded to that and they think that the real the true America is this nationalist you know um, regime this the white yeah white Anglo-Sax- yeah white Anglo Saxon you know person, yeah I mean look at my father fought in World War two up to and including the Battle of the Bulge right and, uh, you know, my father-in-law was uh, was held in a concentration camp during World War II. These two guys, you know, absolutely hated fascism. Hated it. It ruined them. My dad came home with what they used to call uh, uh, shell shock, which is now known as uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, you know. And I'm sure that my father-in-law, Paul's... Paul's grandfather here, um, you know, he, he probably has some very sad, uh, profound stories of, of what he experienced being held in a concentration camp. Uh, he sure does, yeah. He, you know? He shared him with me. Was yeah. the,
0: I was the only one that he shared it with because, you know, I was the only one that really cared. I, I You know, I, I went to Auschwitz and Birkenau. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what he went through. And he witnessed the uh, assassination of his Jewish neighbors. They were able to save one of them. He was on the yeah. cattle trains. Um, my grandfather at five years old was sneaking out of the concentration camp, even though my family had food because my great uncle worked on a German farm and they had a raw potato peels to eat every night. But the other families didn't have anything to eat. Yeah. So my grandfather would sneak out and he would get food for the other families. So I mean, he was saving lives mm. at five years old, and that's it's amazing. amazing.
1: Yeah, and the point being that you know, you know, these people, you know, they fought against fascism, the, the same ideology we're fighting against. The same now. ideology that we're fighting now in this country. Who would have ever thought that you know, while well, it started in in the year two thousand and sixteen, up until today, but who would ever thought that we'd be fighting fascism within our own boundaries, within our own country. It's just mind boggling. My father would be doing cartwheels in his grave. And I know my dad and I had some very good lengthy conversations prior to his death about politics and he leaned to the left. And I know I could tell you without any ambiguity that he would absolutely Absolutely, I don't wanna say the H word, but he would he just would like this guy, Trump, with a passion. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind. And uh, so, here, so here we are today, we have Joe Biden running against uh, Donald Trump for president. Now, people say, oh, slow Joe, this, that, and the other thing, you know, this is what they do. This is what the right does, okay? You know, they're gonna brand their Candidate as the you know um, Keep America great candidate and they're going to try to brand our candidate as uh, Some stumble bum that doesn't deserve to be president when in fact the Joe Biden uh, You know, I I listened to him today Um, He's definitely presidential material, you know, he's got the experience He's got the brains and he's a decent uh, orator and uh you know he's overcome a tremendous handicap when you know when he he, he used to be a a uh, chronic stutterer and they think that you know they're going to win this election by making fun of joe biden because he stuttered i don't i don't think it's going to work that way
0: well the numbers suggest that um that, that trump is you know well on his way to um losing this election and you know i mean when a president is, uh, you know, uh, overseeing an economy that's, uh, you know, resembles the Great Depression and a pandemic that he refuses to do anything about, there is no federal government right now. Of course, he's going to lose. Um, so, but at the same time, you, you know, there. Donald Trump was elected and there are people behind him. Uh, There are people smarter than him that could run as a neo-fascist nationalist again. And that's why I want to address that issue of working class folks uh, leaving the party. And I also want to address, um, you know, public education in this country. I think it's what it's done is it's, it's failed our, our, our students. It's become glorified babysitting because especially, you know, we have the audacity in this country to use the term failed states to describe other countries. I guess we no longer call them rogue countries; We call them failed states. And um, we have failed cities right here in New England. Uh, Windsocket, Rhode Island. And it's a, a terrible school system, and these kids are going to get caught up in, um, you know, a, a, a city that is, you know, economy is is a, is a drug economy. I mean, and it's through no fault of their own who they were born to, okay? And you know, um, at least in the Massachusetts Constitution, not only does it guarantee education is a right. It guarantees that you're that you'll receive a moral education as well, and that's what we're missing. We're not teaching people civic responsibility, okay? And we're not teaching them, uh, you know, h- history and, and social studies and, and government. Um, you know, most people don't know who the Speaker of the House is, or the Senate Majority Leader is, or anything like that. And that in a democratic republic. that is a recipe for disaster. Like Benjamin Franklin said, a nation that is politically ignorant will never be free. So we have people coming up, um, you know, they end up working with their hands, they're not into education, okay, you know, and they're probably not into education because they went to these failed schools. And, um, you know, If we don't address the the main issue, which is education. If we don't address the main issue, which is education. um, Then we will have the same problem again. Okay. And I think that we need to take a good look at what's going on in our own party. With the tribalism and the elitism. And see that we are somewhat responsible for what's going on and I don't hear any candidate talking about doing something about the fact that there are people born into families you know they know they don't get to choose who they're born to okay they're born into poverty and they're born into um, cities that have no tax base no tax base and So, we are slowly running out of time here at, um you know, poly sigh this, this from the Salty Guy, and I'm uh, very grateful for my father for participating in this podcast. Thank you, Dad.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Sorry about the uh, paper, paper sound. Um, in any case, well, one of the things that we didn't address uh just as we wrap it up here you know um one of the, the uh, ongoing uh conversations is regards to the popular vote versus the um you know the uh the college uh how do you say it the electoral, the, the electoral college electoral the college. antiquated electoral college
0: yeah. system that was merely a compromise between the big states and the little states
1: but my point being is that uh, you know when you have um, one candidate getting three million more votes than the winning candidate i think it's time that we you know examine that system closely uh,
0: well that's what i was just doing but I, I think you might have taken me the wrong way because you gave me a look what i'm trying to say is in the federalist um written by alexander hamilton and you know well this particular article is written by alexander hamilton most of them were Um, he says that it's a compromise and that, you know, it doesn't bode well for the future of our Democratic Republic. In The Federalist, it says that the sovereignty belongs to the majority, Mm -hmm. okay? And we've taken away the sovereignty of the the majority, okay? Uh, Not not just a a small majority, a three million person majority.
1: Yeah, but it's my understanding that they've never had a, a popular vote. It's always been the electoral college.
0: In the the nation's history? Yeah. No, we've never had a popular vote,
1: no. Right. So oftentimes people say we should go back to that. I just, you know, you know what I mean? (laughs) I just want to make it clear that you know, it, it never it never did exist, right? Be- but it, I think it, that it has a legitimate uh, worthiness of, of of looking at now. Oh,
0: we have to get rid of it. I mean, it, it you know, I mean, it clearly says several times, you know, in the Federalist that that the the, the sovereignty belongs to the majority. However, um, minority rights are always to be to be protected. That as a citizen of this country, you have a duty to protect the rights and liberties of, of minorities. Okay? And instead we have people that are actually, you know, voting for somebody and supporting somebody who is taking away those rights. Yeah. And who is trampling all over the Constitution. He's trampled all over the, um, the clause in the in the, in the Constitution, the um, that yeah, what's it called, the am, am, amelioration clause, um, the ameliorment, yeah. yeah, yeah, which you know says that uh, a president should not uh, make profit off of the, you know his his power and, and, and as the president. Mm-hmm. And however, uh, <laughs> the Democrats will not impeach him again. Because it'll lead to a complete political backlash. Any unenrolled person in this country will be voting for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Trump has been given carte blanche now to do whatever he wants because he's already been through the impeachment process, and that's why Nancy Pelosi was trying to be smart and trying to hold the impeachment thing over, uh, you know, over over Trump's head. But you know, she needed to. Com- you know, her caucus was pressuring her to, to uh, impeach, and she did. And well, I
1: think initially they were they were uh, you know pressuring her to to not go you know go into it with the the whole the whole uh, hearing you know the impeachment hearings because they were saying that it just won't look good. It'll look like sour grapes. It'll look like you're using this as a, a tool. To, uh, you know, to put a, a Democrat in, uh, to get rid no, of Trump. It, and,
0: it would have put Mike Pence in Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I, I think she played it right. I just don't believe that anybody, anybody could believe that the entire Republican Senate.
0: Besides Mitt Romney.
1: Besides Mitt Romney, would vote to not remove... Uh, Donald
0: Trump. Well, that's why they're going to lose the Senate. That's why they're about to lose the Senate. So, you know, I um, hope so. Yeah, Uh, it looks, you know, I I was just looking at the numbers, people, and, you know, it does look good for the Democrats right now, Uh, both, um, you know, the Senate races and uh, the presidential election, and let's just hope it stays that way. Um, You know, (laughs) because there were a lot of polls that predicted that Hillary Clinton was gonna pull it off in 2016 and she lost so you know anyway um i think getting rid of mitch mcconnell is huge yeah it is definitely i i want to thank all of you for uh, listening to the uh, the podcast tonight today whenever you're listening to it (laughs) and you know next week i will be having another guest um Dr. Jeffrey Johnson, who is a political philosophy professor who worked um, in Congress uh, for her. Um, uh, Congressman uh, Schmidt, I believe his name was, he, he was a Republican, um, Dr. Johnson comes from Orange County, which used to be the capital of conservatism in this country, and he was originally a Republican. And we're going to talk about his transformation from
1: the recovering Republican.
0: Yeah, right. And I'll tell you, he knows the conservative movement inside and out because he was a part of it. So it'll be an interesting episode. You might want to check it out. And he's a lot
1: smarter than me.
0: And he's a lot smarter than me as well. So he has a PhD. Um, All right, folks, have a good night. Good night. Take care. Oh, my God.